Hey, welcome back and again a warm welcome to you wherever you're watching from today. So glad that you can be a part of our online service and uh, once again really excited about the release of the new book in the beginning of November, Soul Winner. Really believing that in this time that we're standing in, we're going to see um, the church, that's us the people, leading as many people into relationship with Jesus as we can. So don't forget Family Church, um, just click the link for your free copy and if you're watching and you're not a part of Family Church, it's available on greatbiglife.co.uk for pre-order right now. You know, last week we started to talk about storms and I believe it was a very, very key message. We've had so much good feedback from people over the week how that message brought peace into their life in the storms that they were experiencing. Last week we were talking about specifically finding God's peace or the peace of Jesus within a storm that you may be going through. And we made the statement to know Jesus is to know true and lasting peace. There's other peace that the world can provide, but it only lasts for a moment. The peace that comes from God, the peace of Jesus when it comes into your life, doesn't last a moment, but it remains. It's a remaining peace. And then we also looked last week that we as Christians and followers of Jesus face many of the same storms that people that don't know Jesus experience. Yet we have a big difference. We have Jesus in the boat with us, making his peace available to us, which changes the dynamic of every storm. Listen, last week was a very, very key message and you've not had a chance to watch it yet. The good news is you can go to our YouTube channel, FC Live, and uh, you can watch last week's uh, message over again. But I want to continue on using a verse again that we used last week, but reading it from a different translation. Last week, I uh, used the verse Psalm 46, as well as speaking about the account of the storm that Jesus experienced with the disciples in Mark 4. We read Psalm 46, verses 1 to 5, and I believe it was a very, very relevant verse for the season that we're in. But later on in the day, I read it from the Passion Translation, and it just became even more illuminated. And I want to read to you again this passage, Psalm 46 that speaks of any storm that you may be facing today and speaks the intention or the goodness of God into that storm. So let me read you Psalm 46 from the Passion Translation. God, you're such a safe and powerful place to find refuge. You're a proven help in time of trouble, more than enough and always available whenever I need you. So we will never fear even if every structure of support were to crumble away, we will not fear. Even when the earth quakes and shakes, moving mountains and casting them into the sea. For the raging roar of stormy winds and crashing waves cannot erode our faith in you. Then it says, pause in his presence to consider those words. But nothing can erode our faith in him. Then it continues on. God has a constantly flowing river whose sparkling streams bring joy and delight to all of his people. His river flows right through the city of God most high, our lives, into his holy dwelling place. God is in the midst of his city, his people, secure and never shaken. At daybreak, his help will be seen with the appearing 
of the dawn. I love those words. They bring such hope and courage to the heart of a person that may be experiencing storms. But also something that we didn't do last week was read on in Psalms 46 because it just keeps getting better and better. In verse 10, it brings us to the awareness of a very well-known Christian statement. Let me read that verse to you from the NIV translation, Psalms 46 and verse 10. He says then, be still and know that I am God. Isn't that a great statement? It speaks of God being the Lord over the storm. But then in verse 10 says, he says to us then, be still and know that I am God. If you're facing a storm, God wants to say to you today, be still and know that I am God. Now, it's interesting when you study that word still, it's a Hebrew word and it's called Rapha. And that word still means to be slackened off, to abate, to cease your labors, to let things alone, to be slothful, even to be idle. So what's God saying in that verse to us that when we're facing a storm that we feel overwhelmed with, God comes to us and says, be still and know that I am God. What he's saying is, let go and let God. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be diligent and manage things in our life. But it's speaking of the stress management that a storm could cause deep within you. God speaks into the moment you're facing and says, be still. That means let go. Stop striving. Lean back into me. Believe in what I can do that you can't do. I believe that it's good for us all to discover that position of stillness in the midst of storms that we may experience. It was that stillness that Jesus wanted the disciples to experience in the account we read from Mark 4, when they were panicking, when they were fearing, when they were, were worried about dying because of the storm that was happening around them. Jesus wanted them to be living in a stillness and a confidence because Jesus was in the boat with them. It's interesting when you read that verse, verse 10 from the, the Passion Translation, it colours it in again so wonderfully. Instead of saying, be still and know that I am God, it says, go ahead and surrender your anxiety. That's a good word, isn't it? Today, if the things that are happening around the boat of your life are causing you inner anxiety, God is saying to you, you belong to him. So surrender your anxiety be silent and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. It continues on and says, I am the God above all nations and I will be exalted through the whole earth. So the word of the Lord to us again today is surrender your anxiety. Like we said last week, cast your cares upon him. Um, be anxious for nothing. How do we do that? We give our anxieties and our concerns and our fears that may be troubling us concerning things going on outside the boat of who we are. And we do what the Bible invites us to do. We give or we surrender those anxieties to the one who has taken responsibility for our life. So today I want to continue to look at storms because I believe it's a very, very relevant topic and subject for many, many people in this moment that we're living in. Remember, Hebrews 12 reminds us that everything 
that can be shaken in the world will be shaken, but it's being shaken to reveal that which can't be shaken, which is God's kingdom. Never forget, believer, that you are now a citizen of God's kingdom, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. But when we experience the storms that can come to us in life, it's important that we know how to manage those storms. We spoke last week about the peace of Jesus that's available to us in the midst of those storms. But I want to continue today just with four things that will help you to manage any storm that you may be going through. Four things about the storms that we can all face. Number one, if you're making notes, storms can come in many forms. It's almost poetic. It almost rhymes, doesn't it? Storms can come in many forms. They really can, can't they? Sometimes storms can be about your health. You're going through a health-related situation, physical health, mental health, emotional health. There seems to be a storm, waves beating, that's affecting that area of your being called your health or your well-being. It's a very real storm, and many people are facing those storms today. You know, yesterday was Mental Health Awareness Day, and it just underlined again how current things that are happening in life are causing stress and anxiety, and for people to be suffering in the emotional beings and emotional health of their life. So when we look at the storm called health-related, it's a really serious and very real storm. Other storms could be relational. I know that people will be watching today and maybe you've got things happening in the relationship sector of your life. Maybe things going wrong or being troubled in your friendships with people. Maybe with your children, with your parents, even within your marriage. Again, it's amazing that sometimes when there's storms that affect our finances, they can create other storms in our relationships. So relational storms are, again, very, very real storms that people face. Then there can be financial storms. These are just a few of the storms that can uh, be present or attack in our life at any given time. There can be financial storms as people speak of unemployment and recession and certain things. That has an implication on the financial part of who we are. There can also be spiritual storms that sometimes you're going through something um, inside of you with God and it seems like you're walking through a storm. These are just four storms to mention a few you. But what I want to underline is not every storm is the same storm. They can be from different places at different times. And then, you know, sometimes you can experience, and I've experienced and had my fair share of this, Perfect Storm. Now, I don't know if you watched the film, The Perfect Storm. It was an older film from many years ago, and it was about fishermen in Massachusetts. And they had this definition of something called a perfect storm. And it was a really good movie to watch, actually. But a perfect storm, when they explained it, isn't one storm that you face. It's when a number of storms come in from different directions and you find yourself 
in the middle of those storms gathering. So these Massachusetts fishermen would say that a perfect storm wasn't one storm. It's when a storm came from here, a storm came from here, a storm came from here, and suddenly you found yourself in the eye of multiple storms that had come together, that it wasn't about one thing. That's what life can be like sometimes, isn't it? But sometimes it's not one storm. You've got pressure coming from this area. You've got pressure coming from this area and then you've got pressure coming from behind and you find yourself in a moment where many storms are coming to cause an anxiety and a stress deep within your world. Listen, let me speak into that. Jesus is in the boat with you, whether it's just a storm coming from one direction or whether you're finding yourself in a perfect storm, as they would call it. Jesus is still the Lord over the storm and he's still in the boat with you and he's going to bring you through. Now, it's interesting when the storms of life blow, sometimes they can be momentary and they can affect our day. And that's like when the waves begin to blow against the boat. But other times they can be deeper, can't they? The storm can cause tidal problems within us, if that makes sense. You know, when we look at the ocean, we see that sometimes there's waves and we can say, boy, it's stormy out there. And we can see the storm by what's happening with the waves. But waves are momentary. Tides are continue. And, you know, when we look at the storm in Mark 4, it's interesting that that storm wasn't in an ocean. It was on the Sea of Galilee which was an inland lake within the nation of Israel. It was actually an inland lake, not an external ocean. And it says that the winds and the storms came and troubled the Sea of Galilee. That's what it's like for us sometimes when the storms and the winds of life and one sent against us begin to blow. It doesn't just have an effect on the outer waves of who we are, but rather the deep tides within us. That's where we need to find the peace of God because some situations and storms, they come and they go quickly, don't they? That you wake up and there's a storm by the time you go to bed at night, that relationship storm is settled or or that other storm has, has settled. But other storms can be more persistent and continual. They can go on for days sometimes or weeks and it begins to trouble you, not on the external of who you are, but in that tidal place that you live from deep within. Let the Lord be the Lord of the tides within your life. Cast your, your cares, surrender your inner anxieties to him and let him be the one that brings calm to the inner tides of who you are. Now, here's number two, if you're making notes. Storms can come or originate from different places. So there's different types of storms that we may face, relational, financial, spiritual, health related. But also there's different places that storms can originate or come from. It's like when you watch the weather report at night after the news and it says that there's a northeasterly or a southeasterly um, or a northwesterly. But sometimes storms that happen naturally in life can come from different directions and from different places. That's what it's like with the storms that we face as followers of Jesus. There's not one originating place for the storm that comes against us. In fact, sometimes they can come from a few different places. Let me name some of those places for you today to help you identify them better. Sometimes the storms that we're facing in our life were nothing to do with God or the devil. It was us 
we were stupid. We did something that was stupid. We've got something in our, the behavior in how we're living that's producing storms. And the best thing that we can do about storms produced by us is stop doing some of the things we're doing. I know that's a little bit easy and a little bit 101, but you know, the bottom line is you can't blame the devil for everything. Sometimes the storms that I faced in my life was nothing to do with the devil. It was my own stupid decisions. It was me doing things I wanted to do. And the ramifications of wrong decisions and choices were creating storms in my life. The best thing we can do is look honestly in the mirror when it comes to those kinds of storms and say, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop behaving like this. But other storms really can come from the devil. And, um, you know, he can assign storms against you. And we'll look at that a little bit later on. But again, we have the authority to rebuke any storm that's been sent to us from the enemy or the devil in our life. Other storms can be just the storms of life. Like we said, that some of the storms that we're going through now are the same storms that people were facing that don't know Jesus. They would just be categorized the storms of life. And there's many storms of life happening at the moment. But also here's one that people don't like to mention often and some people try to deny is real. And that's sometimes God can originate a storm. Oh, people don't like that one. Well, read the book of Jonah, chapter one and verse eight, and it says God caused a great storm or squall to come against Jonah. Why? Jonah was walking in disobedience and God wanted him to be walking in the perfect plan that he had for Jonah. So if you read it, it's in there. It says, and God originated a storm to reposition Jonah in the place that he was meant to be. So sometimes the storms that are coming against our life can be our problem, we caused them. Sometimes they can be an attack of an enemy. Sometimes they can just be storms of life for everyone's navigating their way through. And other times it can be God um, doing something to stop our disobedience. Now, here's number three. So number one, storms come from many, uh, come in many forms. Number two, storms can come and originate from different places. And number three, sometimes there's a purpose for the storm. Sometimes the storm that we're experiencing can have a purpose attached to it. And that's negative and positive. Again, any storm that's coming against you that's originated or been sent from the devil or the enemy against your life, it comes with one agenda. Remember, the agenda of the devil isn't a secret. He made, uh, Jesus revealed it and made it very open in John 10 verse 10. When he gave the agenda of the devil for, for people, for humanity, it says the thief, remember that's the enemy that Jesus is speaking about, he comes to kill, steal and destroy. So the mission statement of the devil for our lives, our families, our finances, our health, it's not unknown, it's very simple. The devil's agenda for your life is to do everything he can possibly do to kill you, steal from you and destroy you. But then Jesus comes and says, but I have come. My agenda for your life is that you would have life and life in all abundance. That's a great promise, isn't it? And uh, we chose the promise of God over the threat of the enemy. So sometimes the plans or the storms that come against us that originate from the devil or the enemy of our life, 
let's not kid ourselves, they just carry the agenda of kill, steal and destroy. But sometimes storms that are sent against us or, or storms that we can experience have another agenda and that's to stop us or delay us. Sometimes when you're doing something for God, when you're doing something in a godly way, when God's got a plan for you, and remember, God's got a plan for each and every one of you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, God's not confused. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you future, to give you hope. But also some of the plans that God has got for you and for me are about the well-being of others. Now, if we live in a realm of selfish Christianity where it's all about us, what we need, what we get, you may not experience many of these storms. But if you've got the benefit and the well-being of others, not just your family, strangers, neighbours, at the core of who you are, and you've got good intentions in your heart of taking the message of the gospel to others, taking help and uh, physical provision to others, you better believe that sometimes a storm comes and its purpose is to delay you. That's why Jesus gives us authority over the storm. That moment when Jesus stands up in Mark 4 and rebukes the storm and tells the winds to cease, we need to understand that that storm had a purpose. If you study on from Mark 4 and go into Mark 5, you see what the purpose was. Jesus and his disciples get into a boat and they set sail for the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Now a great storm comes out of nowhere. But then when we read on, we see that Jesus deals with that storm. But what happens next? Because what happens next reveals the purpose of that storm. They arrive at the region of Gedarenes and they're greeted by a man who's possessed by a legion of devils. And when Jesus steps off of the boat and puts his foot on the shore of that region, suddenly this tormented man, and if you read about this man, this man was tormented. He lived in graves, he was unclothed, he broke every chain. This man was out of control because he had a legion of devils within him. But Jesus, you see, didn't happen upon him by mistake. This man was the mission, the reason why Jesus had got into the boat. When other people was ignoring this poor man caught in this satanic captivity, Jesus saw him and said, I'm going to bring freedom to that man. And bring freedom he did. You read on in the story, and Jesus casts the devils out of the man and into the pigs. The pigs run over the hill, and the man is set completely free and given his life back. Can you see the purpose of the storm? No storm, Jesus gets in the boat, but the moment him and the disciples set sail to bring another person to freedom, suddenly, the storm appears. The storm came to stop them setting this man free. The storm came to delay them so that the man would keep on suffering and being tormented. Listen, when we have other people in our hearts and we're living to bring the gospel to other people, to bring help to other people, to be an assistance, to be the hands and feet of God to other people who are struggling, you better believe that that's why the enemy will send a storm to prevent you or stop you. But let me underline again, the Bible reveals that we have authority over every storm sent to delay us. Listen, as I was writing the book, The Soul Winner, 
I went through my own amount of storms, believe me. Why? Because if that book gets into the hands of Christians and Christians start leading others to Jesus, you know what we start doing? Together, we start plundering hell to populate heaven. Do you think the enemy wants us plundering hell to populate heaven? Absolutely not. In all the books, of all the books I've ever written, this book I found the hardest book to write, yet it was, it was stuff I'd known. It was 30 years of evangelism because I was constantly pushing through storms. Why? Because I'm believing when that book gets in the hands of Christians, suddenly Christians are going to become soul winners in the harvest field. You've got to understand, sometimes a storm will come against you because you've got the good of others in your heart. Other times storms will come and they're coming to make you or strengthen you. You know, sometimes you have to go through certain storms with Jesus in the boat so that he can use that moment to strengthen you and make you what he wants you to be. That's not cruel. That's God getting you ready for your tomorrows. Think about King David. There's a moment in the storyline of David before he was a king when he was a shepherd boy sitting on a hill where it says all of a sudden a bear came, stole one of his young uh, lambs and ran off with it. David said, you ain't having it. He ran after the bear and uh, it says he punched the bear and then he punched it again. He took the lamb or the remains of the lamb back from the bear. Um, and then later on in the storyline, it says there was a lion that came in to the camp and stole. Now, you could look at that storyline and say, well, where's the protection of God? Why did the bear, why was the bear allowed in? Because God knew David was able to handle the bear, but God was growing David in this moment for something bigger that was coming in his future. Maybe some of the things that you're learning to navigate now is actually God strengthening you and making you stronger for something he sees in your future. Because God, you see, isn't locked into time like us. He lives in eternity. He sees the end of a thing from the beginning thereof. Sometimes the things that we learn to navigate are actually where we get the strength for things that we will face later on. So we could look at the story of David and say, oh, why wasn't his, him and his flock protected from bears? Why weren't him and his flock protected from lions? And then we read that moment where Goliath walks around the corner and Saul begins to be terrified of uh, Goliath. He was the man that should have dealt with Goliath. No one's going to fight him. Israel are hiding. Then all of a sudden, David says, I'll have him. I'll have him. Bring, bring him on. I'll have him. And they begin to laugh at him. And Saul speaks to David and says, what do you mean you'll have him? You're just a boy. And David turns around and says, you weren't there when I dealt with storms in my life. You weren't there. You weren't watching what God was doing. He said, I've dealt with the bear and I've dealt with the lion. I've had victory over them and I'm going to deal with this giant and this, this, this Philistine too. And God will give me victory over him. You see, the preparation was in the lion and the bear for what God had, that he would become a giant killing king. Sometimes the storms that we face, Jesus is in the boat with us, but he wants us to be strengthened, find our courage, find our ability in the storm, because God knows the storms that are coming later on. There's an English proverb, isn't there? I'm sure you've heard it. And it says, a smooth sea <coughs> never makes a skilled mariner. That's true, isn't it? A, a smooth sea never made a skilled mariner. 
actually a mariner or a sailor, a, a sailor, a mariner or a sailor finds their skill in stormy times. Sometimes the storms that we experience, not all the storms, remember they originate from different places and carry different purposes. But sometimes the storms we experience, God knows that we can deal with them. And they're actually coming to strengthen us for what's in our future. And then other times the storms come to help us grow faith and dependence in him. You know, one thing that the disciples had to learn in that storm in Mark 4 was all that God wanted from them was simple faith, dependence on him. You know, somebody once said that faith in God isn't really effective or powerful until it's all you've got. And I've been in my fair share of storms where safety nets were now no longer available. Life rings that I had planned weren't there. There was no option but God. But it's amazing in that moment where he was not my last resort, but actually should have been my first choice. I discovered a dependency or a faith in him that's actually helped me to believe better than I've ever believed before. Sometimes it's not until the other safety nets or options are taken away that actually you discover this incredible truth. I don't need another safety net. My God is more than enough. I don't need a backup plan. I don't need a plan B because my God is more than enough. He never fails me. He never lets me down. So sometimes the storm can produce in us just a fresh place of finding a dependence on God. That's what faith is, you see. It's dependence on God. Not just when you understand the things that are happening around you, but also when you don't understand the things that are happening around you. It's when in the midst of a storm, you're able to sing from deep within the tidal flows of who you are. My God's got this. I'm going to be safe. I'm not going to sink because I trust in him. <clears throat> so we need to understand when it comes to storms, we can't just label all storms the same. We need to take a moment, <coughs> excuse me, to identify the storm. I believe that that's a great um, project for people to do off of the back of this message. Ask some simple questions about the storm that you're facing to reach some conclusions of what the way forward in dealing with the storm should be. What are those questions? Well, we've asked them already, haven't we? Where is this storm coming from? And number two, has this storm got a purpose attached to it? Let me underline again some of the places that can create the storms. Sometimes the storms that we're experiencing can originate in us. We've made bad decisions or silly decisions. And again, I ain't judging anyone because I've made my fair share in my life, believe me. But if we're facing a storm that finds its strength in the silly decisions that we're making, the answer isn't more prayer. It's stop making the silly decisions. It's get some advice, talk to somebody, redo how you're doing that section of life, invite a friend in to give you advice of how you can live differently in that area. Because when you change the ingredients, you change the taste of the pie. If the pie that you're eating right now isn't the flavour you want, 
Don't keep making the same pie with the same ingredients. That's ridiculous. That's insanity. Change the ingredients and you will change the pie. So when storms are being caused by our silliness or our stupidity or our stubbornness or our pridefulness, we need to make some changes to cause the storm to go away. If a storm is an attack of the enemy that we've spoken of, this is where you need to know your authority to speak to that storm. You know, Luke 10 verse 19 clearly says to us that Jesus has said he's sent us out and given us authority over a number of things. But it also says in these verses in Luke 10, 19, he's given us authority over all the works of the evil one. Isn't that amazing? We touched on this last week. But sometimes we're waiting for Jesus to get up in the boat and rebuke the storm when actually Jesus is waiting for us to do it, to understand who we are in Christ, to understand that <coughs> the keys that were stolen from Adam and Eve by the devil have been returned to us. The authority that was taken from them has been returned to us by Jesus. Remember, it says all authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. And he's now given us, his people, the church, the authority to say to storms, stop, and to say to winds, cease. So if you sense that the storm you're experiencing finds its origin in a devil attack, or it was sent from the devil to stop you, prevent you, kill, steal, and destroy you, stand up in the boat of your life and begin to speak the word of God because God has given you that authority to do so. If it's a storm of life that we've spoken about, a storm that's just a storm that comes because we're living in a real world. Remember what we said last week, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. Now there's two ways of looking at that. We are in the world, we experience storms that the world experiences, but we're not of the world. And that means that we've got Jesus Christ in the boat with us, giving us everything that we need to navigate through successfully. So if it's a, a storm that's just a life storm, what I would say again was get God's wisdom. <clears throat> the book of Proverbs is an incredible book where it calls for the believer, you and me, to get godly wisdom, to get godly understanding and to get godly prudence. Those three words can cause you to navigate successfully through storms that are sinking the people around you. Get God's wisdom. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs to call his wisdom your sister. Have an intimate relationship with God's wisdom, his, his, his knowing, his understanding, but also prudence. And then finally, if it's a storm that's come from God, it's because you're doing something that's disobedience. So the solution that if you believe that this storm comes from God against your life, again, please talk to someone about that and get that confirmed. Don't let that just be a condemnation or an accusation in your mind. You know, for Jonah, Jonah had been given God's instruction very clearly of what he was to do. And he chose to walk in disobedience or rebellion to what God had instructed him. And that was the reason a storm came, not to kill him, but to reposition him in the plans that God had for him. You know, sometimes I think, I know some people won't like this, but sometimes people experience financial uh, uh, storms because they ignore what God has taught about tithing and giving. But God has given a very, very clear way forward 
concerning financial storms and it's called tithing and giving. But when the waves and the wind begin to blow around the boat, suddenly we want to go to a different direction. You know, Nineveh becomes um, a reality. We say, no, I'm going to go a different way with this. And God brings us back to a position where we begin to say, all right, Lord, I repent. I'm going to live forwards in your way. Your way is the right way. So again, God doesn't want us to live in condemnation or guilt. And he's made a way for us to deal with things that would be maybe disobedience related in a really easy way. It's found in 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9, where it simply says, when you're praying and if the Holy Spirit makes you aware of something that's disobedience in your life, what does the Bible say? It says, it's simple, confess your sin, repent, say sorry to God. And it says, and he is faithful to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, rebellion and disobedience. So God doesn't want you to make a mountain out of a molehill. If the Holy Spirit makes you aware that you are directly going against how God has told you to live out your kingdom life and you want to get your life back on track, it's simple. It just involves very, very beautiful and simple repentance, not sorrowfulness and mourning and beating yourself and wearing sackcloth and ashes. Rather just saying, Lord, I've got it wrong. Forgive me, Lord. I repent. I choose your route for my life, no longer my own. In any section that that may be relative to. And the Bible says that instantly God puts it behind him in the sea of forgetfulness and it's dealt with and you move on. In that split second that you pray that simple prayer. I love those verses in 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sins. Confess the things you've done wrong. And in that moment, he is faithful to forgive and cleanse you from every unrighteousness. Number four, as we close, when I think about managing or navigating storms in our life, I think it's important for us to have healthy storm perspective. Now, healthy storm perspective means that you don't make everything just about your boat or what you're experiencing, but you remain conscious that other people are experiencing storms in their boats. And sometimes the storms that they're experiencing in their boats are a lot worse than yours. It's amazing that when we're experiencing a storm personally, that storm can come, can't it, and consume us, consume our understanding, our thinking, consume our thoughts that we don't consider other people like we used to. But we need to, as followers of Jesus, always be holding in perspective that our storm, even though it's our storm and it feels a very crazy storm, is probably a very small storm to someone else in this moment. On Saturday morning, I got an email from a dear brother in India. And, uh, you know, when I woke up Saturday morning, me and my family leading the church, I've got my fair share of storms that I'm dealing with. And uh, it's amazing when you're dealing with your storms, they can become louder, can't they? And all of a sudden, I got this email from a dear brother in India. And he said, please pray for me. He said, we just had to travel 40 hours um, by public transport to go and pick up the body of one of our pastors who was preaching in a village. And because he was preaching Jesus, the uh, rebels took him and burnt him alive um, and left him. And he actually included photos that really, really, um, man, brought me to a fresh place of prayer that was for things beyond me, of his dear brother who was a pastor in a village. 
And because he'd preached the gospel and seen 33 people receive uh, Christ, those that were anti the message of Christ had took this man and burnt him alive, leaving his wife and his children with no provision. And this pastor was just simply saying to me, would you pray for us that we're experiencing in India this poverty with COVID, these sicknesses, this lack. And then he shared the story of one of his pastors who had been taken and so brutally martyred or murdered for the cause of Christ. In that moment, as I sat in my living room, I turned to Gina and I said, look at this, Gina. Nothing that we're facing right now really seems that big anymore. What happened? We got some storm perspective. Listen, brothers and sisters, let's not be unaware of what's going on in the world. Today, there are people giving their lives because they've chosen to walk and preach Jesus in India, in Africa, different parts of the world. In China, some of the things that Christians are suffering just because they won't renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. Other parts of the world, the pressure upon people just because they choose to say that Jesus Christ is king. The martyring, the torment, the persecution. Let's not make life all about our boat and the waves that we're facing. Let's keep a consciousness concerning the persecuted church. I really want to underline that at this moment. There really is a persecuted church in different parts of the world. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says there are brothers and sisters. There are family are going through things that are so horrendous and actually make the things we're going through actually look quite minimal. Any time that you're experiencing a storm, you can be guaranteed that there's someone going through a lesser one than you, but there's also someone going through a greater one than you. Let's not be consumed by what's happening in our boat, but let's also be on the ocean of life, ready to assist and help others. I'm so glad that Jesus, when he experienced that storm on the Sea of Galilee, didn't say, turn the ship around, because there was a man tormented with demons that needed the freedom he was carrying. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't say, oh, who needs this? Let's turn back to where we came from, boys. But Jesus knew in his heart the purpose of this storm is stopping me bringing freedom and aid to a person that desperately needs it. So I just want to encourage you with that um, thought. But today, you know, there's people in different parts, brothers and sisters, you know, people of the same, same family, same kingdom family as us, locally that are going through things that are a lot worse than what we're going through. I'm so thankful for all of our community outreach teams and maybe you've got some time that you can give to them. Our, our food banks right now are feeding so many people whose storms are very severe. We've got people living in our communities now that are sharing out chicken nuggets among the family because they haven't got food on the table. Come on, we want to respond to that need, the storms. We want to help them in their storms. Baby Basics, our other outreach ministries. It's incredible what God is using Family Church to do to benefit others. You know, when I look at that, I say, come on, let's do more. Let's do more. Because here's the lesson I've learned. When you help other people with their storms, God will take care of yours. I want to end with one last verse that we find in Proverbs 10, 
verse 25. And we're going to again read it from the Passion Translation. Because as I close today, I just want to underline that Jesus is the Lord of every storm. Stay with him and you will come through in strength. Jesus is the Lord of every storm. If you stay with him, walk with him, you will come through a storm you're experiencing in great strength. Let me close with this proverb. Proverbs 10 verse 25. Over wicked are blown away by every stormy wind. But when catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure and stable anchor. Listen, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. When the winds blow against us, our houses and our homes and the things to do with our life are not destroyed. Why? Because our foundation is and will always be the Lord of the storm, King Jesus. I want to pray for you today again if you're experiencing storms because I really believe that this message is key for a lot of people at this moment. But firstly, I want to just give an invitation to anyone today who's never given their life to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, I want the assurance of knowing God in my boat. I want to know that there's someone in the storm with me. I, I, I want to know that if I was to die today and go to heaven, I'd be welcomed into heaven and not sent to this place called hell. I want to know today that my life belongs to God. That's beautiful. One prayer is all you need to make to make that desire a reality. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And when I say amen at the end, if, if that's you, if you've never known God, if you've been away from God, if you doubt your salvation today, just say amen. And that prayer that I'm praying will become yours. And in that moment, the Bible promises that you will move from separation to being a part of his family. Father, I thank you today that Jesus Christ weathered the biggest storm of all and died on a cross for me that I could know salvation in its fullness. I receive you today, Lord Jesus, as my saviour, the one who saves me. I believe that what you do, I believe that what you did for me on the cross was more than enough to save me. Jesus, today, I thank you that you save me as I place my faith in you. Thank you for a brand new beginning. Thank you for a brand new life. My life is yours from this moment on. Here we go. Amen. Just say amen. Now, if you've prayed that prayer, we'd love to stay in touch with you and give you any help we can, including a free booklet on knowing Jesus. Just contact me directly at andy at family.church and we can help you take your next steps. But as I close again today, I just want to speak the word peace. I want to speak the peace of God over people, over homes today. And I really believe in the omni of God that just because I'm here in a studio and you're there at home or at work, that means nothing to God. It doesn't even matter if you're watching this on catch up because God's unlimited, you see, by time and space and things that limit us. I want to pray for you right now. I want Family Church and those who are, who are watching these broadcasts to know in stormy days a peace that passes all understanding. Father, I thank you today that the peace of Jesus 
fill every home. Lord, I thank you today. We speak to storms and to waves and we say, peace, be still. Father, I thank you. Relational storms, health storms, financial storms, spiritual storms, whatever the storm may be. Father, I thank you that you will reveal to people the purpose and the origin of the storm and give them the wisdom to take the steps they need to take. But right now, we speak over storms across family church, across our families, across those watching this online broadcast. Right now, wherever you're standing or wherever you're sitting, let the peace of Jesus Christ that passes all understanding invade your life and guard your heart. Amen. Hey, God bless. Don't forget to stay connected and we'll see you next week.